This is Rewired Radio with Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist, motivational speaker, and author, helping individuals, couples, and families regain a sense of control, leading to personal growth, wellness, and a more fulfilling life. Here's Erica Spiegelman. Welcome, everyone. Today, I have with me one of the leaders in the field of addiction and recovery and one of my favorite people, Marcia Stone. To many people, our recovery journeys begin at an inpatient treatment center. But what happens basically after we leave that environment? Well, Marcia is here today to share with us how that how every single day providing a continuum of care is important for people when they're starting their sobriety. It's the key to recovery programs. And she's going to tell us how she's integrating aftercare and monitoring strategies into her work as the CEO of BRC Recovery. Marsha, welcome to the show. I just want to hop right in and start talking to you about everything. How you been? Oh, thank you so much for having me again. I've been fantastic. We've been very busy. Um, growing and changing and evolving down here in Texas, and I'm excited to share about that with you. Oh, me too. I can't wait to hear about it. And I just want to tell our audience too, Marsha is my co-author for the Rewired Workbook. Yes. She wrote it with me, and uh, which we use um, as readings and introspective exercises um, for people to, to give them a framework really um, in all the phases of their recovery. So it's a fantastic workbook, and everybody should get a hold of Marsha or I to receive one. So tell me a little Absolutely. bit about, yeah, tell me a little bit. So, I mean, as we know, people that people that are, are listening, I know, um, have heard about inpatient treatment centers, and that's kind of the first stop on someone's um, journey, hopefully, to get out of their environment, go somewhere safe, learn, you know, new, new tools and skills. So tell us a little bit about what the after the continuum of care is after, because there is so many people out there that do not understand, you know, what an IOP is, what an OP is and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. You know, for a long time, um, people have been questioning whether, you know, the, the typical 28 days of treatment that was once the gold standard um, was really effective. And, you know, a lot of research has been done, Um, I've got a lot of anecdotal evidence um, myself down here that, you know, this chronic illness called alcoholism or called addiction really Mm -hmm. demands a chronic approach. And a chronic approach, you know, to an illness means a long-term continuum of care. And Mm -hmm. so when we started looking at, you know, the fact that the longer a person could stay in the residential portion of our stay, and the longer a person would commit to go to a sober living facility, the better their chances were of staying sober. And so our experience was really just um, confirming all of the all of the data we were seeing and all of the you know research papers and et cetera. And so back in 2006, actually, our founder um, began to talk about using you know some type of aftercare monitoring program. And mm-hmm. so this idea has been in and around BRC for 11 years now almost. Mm-hmm. And just a few years ago, we decided to really start paying really close attention to that piece and to make it part of our continuum. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, so, it's so wonderful. And I mean, that's why um, I always encourage people to continue with, to to start with a, obviously a a facility like BRC and continue Mm -hmm. with something like that, where you also feel the the sense of community and family and the trust, right? And that's also part of it, which, which not a lot of people understand that that's such a big component in, in long-term sustainable, um, healthy Mm -hmm. living. 
Absolutely. And so what we decided to do was to really invest um, in real estate all around Austin because we wanted to make sure that the houses that we were, you know, uh, transitioning our, our residents into were great houses, were well run, were safe, um, were, you know, grounded in the principles um, of recovery. So we started uh, with two apartment complexes. We bought two small apartment complexes in central Austin. This was years ago and mm-hmm. uh, really made those into several living communities. And we've added um, five different um, high accountability several living houses, of course, gender specific um, all around Austin. And when we when we got our Joint Commission accreditation a few years ago, um, the, the congratulations, um, which is thank yeah, you. Is that was huge. Mm-hmm. They ask us, you know, um, you guys have a really robust monitoring and aftercare program. Would you like to have that accredited as well? And we said, absolutely. And so from there, you know, um, it was really um, just, it was really solidified in our minds and in our hearts that this was the right thing to do. And so the, the, the way it's currently functioning is when someone finishes with their 90-day residential stay at BRC or at Spearhead Lodge, our young adult program, both of those um, clients have the opportunity to um, become enrolled in what we call our Segway program because we're going to make a transition from treatment mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to independence. And the Segway program is Joint Commission accredited and it's staffed by peer recovery support specialists. And every single person and every single family is assigned an individual peer recovery support specialist for the first year of their sobriety post-discharge from the residential program. You know, um, there's tons of data behind, you know, why the first year is so important. But, you know, Mm -hmm. this is really where our workbook came into or comes into play because Mm -hmm. our peer recovery support specialists actually use the workbook while the residents are in sober living, while they're beginning that transition process. And, you know, of course, there's, you know, monitoring, there's there's outpatient sessions, there's, of course, you know, we um, monitor their sobriety through um, alcohol screenings and stuff like that. But the main part of it is just that knee-to-knee individual to individual as part of the greater whole of a community. And it's honestly, Erica, it's magical. And I have seen so many people say, you know, if it weren't for me being staying engaged in the community that I went to treatment with, if it weren't for my recovery coach, really helping my parents to understand what was going on so that the parents Uh weren't playing recovery cop. There's all different. There's a myriad of different magical things that happen. But at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, people are staying engaged in the process mm-hmm. of recovery until this momentum can really take root in their hearts and in their minds and in their bodies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're able to, mm-hmm. to, to achieve the freedom that they seek when they're going to treatment. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, 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 and it's giving them an opportunity to create a life that is so good that they don't want to go back. And I mean, I think that's key is, is showing them the way, but you know, for somebody that is been hijacked by drugs for five years, 10 years, 15 years, it's going to take some time. So to have the accountability of someone else in their life, uh, many people as peers, I mean, it's, it's beyond fabulous. It's the best it's the best recipe for sobriety that I've ever seen out there. Seriously. I mean, I say to my clients all the time, I wish I could just stay with you for a full year and like take you, right. you know, out every day on a walk and make you healthy food and help you sleep and go to a meeting, whatever it is that, you know, but it's just that routine of it, which I think it gives them that routine as well, or at least implements mm-hmm. kind of an idea of a routine. And then they have to obviously take action themselves, but there's some kind of structure, at least in the beginning. Absolutely. Well, and they see, you know, the same peers that they were in treatment with, they see the same peers going through similar struggles, 
and and they assist one another. You know, I always say mm-hmm. to people when they first come into treatment, you know, swim with the fishes, do what mm-hmm. everyone else around you is doing. And um, if you're in a healthy community, that's great advice because, you know, we, we both know and most people know these days because of, you know, the media has done a really good job um, educating the public about addiction. So most people know that it's a brain disease. But most people really don't understand the severity of that, um, you know, how the neurotransmitters are affected, you know, how our, our internal chemistry is, is just so off balance. And really mm-hmm. the prescription of time and accountability mm-hmm. and good loving direction, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. is, is a great recipe. And, mm-hmm. you know, to your point about um, replacing their old life with a new healthy life, you know, yeah. I talk to my team a lot about the spiritual law of replacement, and it really applies to us in anything we do, whether, you know, if I want to stop eating so much sugar, I'm going to have to replace that with mindfulness and exercise and healthy foods. It's the very right. same thing that we're teaching them here. If you have, right. if you lived in, you know, a neighborhood and all your friends were doing the same kind of drugs you were doing, and now you're in Austin, where we're replacing that old community, that old way of life with a brand new community and a brand new way of life. And over time, you know, the goal and, you know, my experience is that people, you know, sometimes three, six, nine months in wake up and say, wow, this life is better than anything I knew before, you know? Right. And and that's, to me, that's the most promising and hopeful piece. Right. Absolutely. And and the gratitude that comes with feeling good every day and feeling proud of yourself and, and obviously implementing more self-love and compassion. And, you know, I always, it, but what I, I, I usually refer to is like cre- just changing the pathways of your brain. And, you know, right. and there's like a great analogy of a force that I always use, but like how our, our brain really is like a force. And if we have one path we've been going home towards every single day, and it was a, a, a path of hopelessness and fear and drugs and, and inconsistency, you know, and then when one day we build a new house in the same forest we keep going to that house full of light and love and health and hope and strength and and you know mm-hmm. and peace mm-hmm. and and we every day we we walk that new path we see our footprints in that new path and, and we keep going 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 and, and all of a sudden there's a clear path to our new home and one day we look back to the old path and all the trees and plants have overgrown it and we can't even see where we right. used to live and that's the brain and so I think what you're saying is too for people is give yourself the chance to create these new pathways by right giving yourself time really it's time and and it's the best investment you'll ever make so oh absolutely i was in mississippi last week and i did a presentation at the mississippi opioid summit and i talked a lot about um this long-term continuum of care approach and and one of the things that i talked about was specifically a study that dr um john kelly out of harvard did and he actually laid it out you know people that stay in treatment 90 days have a three times more likely sustainable recovery. People that follow mm-hmm. that up with sober living 90 days or more have three times more likely sustainable recovery. And so, you know, if you just look at the pure numbers and you mm-hmm. understand the brain science, it just mm-hmm. makes sense. But I think, you know, part of my job these days is to talk to people about, you know, 30 days of treatment is not enough typically. 90 no. days of treatment is not enough typically, you know, and everyone mm-hmm. wants to say, mm-hmm. well, my case is different, but, you know, I would argue that, you know, our addiction what? is a deadly disease, as we right. know, and I would always say, you know, let's err on the side of caution. Let's add right. some sober living and some aftercare and some recovery coaching and some, yeah. you know, intensive outpatient on the end of that residential stay and keep you engaged in this process of recovery long enough for, you know, 
the changes to happen that need to happen in order for right. you to experience um, sustainable recovery. Because, you know, and the really, worst thing that can happen is people yeah. relapse and then they get back and then they relapse and then they get back because then all of a sudden you're on this merry-go-round cycle and you begin to internalize failure. And, right. and that's not the truth. Recovery is possible for everyone, but it Absolutely. takes, you know, someone willing to take direction and to do things that, you know, are quite frankly uncomfortable. It's not comfortable right. to be away from your routine for the length mm-hmm. of time needed to engage in the process. But I would argue mm-hmm. that it's really necessary. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and I think it is hard for people to take action to do things they're not used to doing, even if it is a, something that is typically more healthy for you. It's going to take a little time and you have to build that muscle. And it's just like mm-hmm. I tell my clients this all the time. It's like if you were to go to a gym and lift up a weight every single day, it's the same thing. It's just it's just putting your shoes on, lacing up and getting out and just right. doing it, you know, until until it feels good. So I just want to tell everybody a little bit more about BRC. And I just want you to share um, a little bit about what BRC, the, the beginning of BRC, the inpatient, and what Spearhead Lodge is, because it's it's really an extended care treatment facility for young adults, which is incredible. Right now, mm-hmm. I think everyone out there that is in, in this industry knows that this is now, uh, this is a, a, an epidemic, this opioid epidemic is affecting right. our, our youth, really, our youth. It's starting in high school, it's starting in our 20s, and Absolutely. kids that I know, you know, young adults aren't making it to 30 anymore. You know, we had you know, I, I can't even get into it, but we, we've had some people that I, I knew that worked in this industry, someone overdosed, you know, I mean, it's happening left and right, and it is affecting Everywhere. every community in the, in the United States. So can you tell a little bit of, tell us a little bit about Spirit Lodge and, and BRC, how they could find you and what it provides? Sure. So BRC is our flagship program and BRC Recovery is really our parent company. And we have BRC Recovery, which is um, has been open since 2006, and we specifically treat chronic relapsers. We have two programs, um, both gender-specific, a men's program and a women's program, and that's the 90-day, um, you know, the residential portion um, of our And it's a beautiful, and, and let me just, sorry, but it's a beautiful facility. So everyone, that's yeah. listening, you go to BRC, it's outside Austin, Texas, and it's on a beautiful, um, beautiful landscape and you have tons of space and property, right? I just wanted them to acres. visualize it. Yeah. yeah 70 acres. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. I'm, I'm in my office and looking out the window. So it's gorgeous <laughs> here and it's not too mm-hmm. hot in Texas, even in August, but, um, so, yes, yeah, so the BRC has been around for a long time. We have a really strong alumni base, and we just have really good success um, treating uh, chronic relapsers with a real combination approach of um, amazing 12-step immersion program that was the foundation of BRC, and we've added in a ton of clinical enhancements and medical enhancements and just really provide world-class service um, and mm-hmm. just great communication with families and referral sources. And then to your point, you know, about the opioid epidemic um, about a year ago now, um, well, 18 months ago, if you count the planning stage, we started really thinking about what was going on here. And, you know, I don't mm-hmm. mind disclosing, I have two adult sons that are in recovery. And so mm-hmm. I had, you know, this this awareness as a mother and as a treatment professional that, you know, this was happening in my own home. And my heart was mm-hmm. just really led to um, start a young adult treatment program in Austin. There's nothing else like it in Texas. And it's only males, 18 to 26. And um, it's located um, on a couple of acres. It's my small property in Austin, in northwest Austin. And, um, you know, we have done really well with this population. Tons of recreational therapy, 
tons of experiential therapy really keep these young men engaged because what we were finding is um, the fatal nature of addiction that an adult brain could really comprehend and understand that invincibility and that, you know, not yet fully developed prefrontal cortex of the young adults that we were treating, they could not connect um, with the fatality of, of what they were work what, what they were um, dealing with in treatment. And so we mm-hmm. decided to, you know, uh, uh, make the program more active and nuance the message to really try to capture their attention and capture their natural spirit and energy and get them engaged in this process. And then, as I was saying, BRC and Spearhead both feed into our amazing sober living system and the Segway um, monitoring and accountability program. And so it's really just a family um, of programs here in Austin that we've developed just for two different, you know, um, niche because we really want yeah. to, to really focus on the chronic relapsers at BRC and really focus on the young adult males at Spearhead Lodge that really crave that community we've been talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so fantastic. And and do you find that the parents are open-minded to, you know, um, the therapy themselves are open? I mean, I, I just find a lot of uh, resistance. So to include them mm-hmm. from the get-go, I think it's so brilliant because I, I feel like the, the, the less they know, the more um, kind of, uh, I think misunderstood they feel, you know, they feel like they right. are, they're, tr- they are trying to get through to their child, trying to help try, but they don't understand that, that, you know, the roles are changing, that this, this human being is, is hopefully living by different values now and to bring up the past, which, you know, I have mm. clients, they're, everyone's bringing up the past and shaming them. And I said, you know, I always try to explain like we need to move forward and, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, um, a lot of emotional, I think, um, need that, that the, that the clients have to understand that their parents also are, are going through. No, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, for that reason, um, as you mentioned, we created what I call an integrated family program. So we begin to work with the families right away. Um, when someone gets here, we, um, have a, a family services director, um, Mm -hmm. a very brilliant, um, woman named Audrey Chapman, um, that takes care of the, takes care of our families. And I think it's important because, you know, the thing about it is, um, I often say to families, the treatment for alcoholism and addiction requires you to do something that almost, you know, goes against the very biology of being a parent, which is to say, I can't fix what's wrong with my child. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to put them in your care. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, when, when, you know, three weeks down the road, they don't like the flavor of the jello or the, you know, or the mattress is too scratchy or whatever, you know, whatever's right. happening. And they say, Mom, I want to come home for treatment. The hardest yeah. thing that you can ask a mom to do is say, No, I love you so right. much and you have to stay there because I want you to get better. And so right. I think it's just really empathizing with parents and really explaining to them that we know it's very difficult to do what we're asking you to do, which mm-hmm. is to, you know, surrender your loved boundaries. ones boundaries. Yeah, yeah. For a long period of time and set these very difficult boundaries. But when supported, I have found when supported um, families at the end of the day, they really want their loved one to get well. And so mm-hmm. they're willing to do what you're asking them to do if they feel included in the process. You know, yes, and yes. that's the big if, like you were saying. That's the key. Yeah, that is key. That is key. And, and really including them and, and educating them and, right. um, you know, and, and letting them know like what they are, what you're obviously with your help, help helping them do is, is something that is going to benefit the whole. And that's really, right. you know, it's, 
it's a whole, it's a system, you know, and the system does get disrupted. So, so the, these, these peer recovery, you know, so Marsha and I wrote this workbook and we just got an, an, an order from another center that's doing peer to peer coach coaching or peer to yes. peer recovery. And I love that. And, you know, we don't have that a lot in California. I haven't heard of tons of that going on. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? And I, I met some of your coaches and your counselors and I came out to see your facility and it's just, it's just fabulous people. They're so invested in helping others. So could you, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, um, absolutely. So a few years ago, the state of Texas um, announced that they were going to do um, training for, they call them, and I think every state has a different acronym, but in Texas, the certification is PRSS, which is Peer Recovery Support Specialist. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we were already in business at that time and had really been operating since the very beginning of BRC, um, Mm -hmm. initially called Mark Houston Recovery. We were operating as a social model, a real 12-step immersion model. And, you know, mm-hmm. the social model is, is just basically um, it's one that's focused on the one individual who has experience with something helping another individual. Not like sponsorship, not taking someone through the 12 steps. That's a very different thing. But this, yeah. is, this is about, you know, someone that, in, in BRC's example, someone that's in recovery working with someone um, mm-hmm. as their mentor, essentially, to try to help them. Um, along their pathway, which is, you know, why our workbook has been so amazing to give that framework for that. Right, but, right. You know, I found that it's very effective because in my, in, in, in my part of the treatment business, chronic relapsers and young adults both really have problems with authority. Um, uh-huh. You might argue that, that most people do. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. what I have found over the years is that if a peer, a, you know, a leader in the community um, uh-huh. has a conversation with another community member who's struggling about something, that community member is going to be much more likely to listen to the wisdom oh, and the yeah. experience of his peer versus a mm-hmm. staff member. And so, you know, you can just expand that out in terms of um, what does it look like when you get out of treatment and you've never, uh, you know, filled out a job application for yourself and you're 21 years old and you have a right. peer recovery support specialist to kind of walk you through that. Just walk mm-hmm. you through the fear and just the normal emotions that come up when you're, you know, trying to get into recovery, newly into recovery post-treatment, whatever stage you're in, just having someone who has walked in a similar path as yours that you can trust and rely on and that creates that safe space. Is, mm-hmm. It's just invaluable. And, you know, it, not to mention the fact that it's very rewarding for the people that are peer recovery support specialists because, you know, they're actually helping people change their lives. And so it's really a win-win. And it's, um, you know, we employ um, about 25 peer recovery support specialists throughout the BRC continuum. And I can tell you that they are some of my most valued and trusted um, uh, team members because they are really invested in this process and they're super effective with the work that they do with people that are trying to change their lives. That sounds amazing. So anyone that's listening out there that's thinking even of getting into this field themselves, it sounds like that would be a great experience and see if they like it. Right. Instead of, yeah, I think that's wonderful. And, and like you said before, too, there's something really powerful about two people relating to one another without judgment. Mm -hmm. I feel like the judgment piece is what sometimes 
uh, clients get stuck on is, you know, uh, sometimes a therapist maybe isn't in recovery themselves, or maybe they don't, right. you know, they, they seem, they remind them of their mother or father. Are they resistant to the, the help? So this sounds like it's like, why not add another component of, of, of help really? And, and I mean, you never know what's going to work and create your own recipe, but at least give yourself a shot to, to have every kind of experience that's out there. And so that's why I, I wanted you to, to share. Cause I feel like oh, it's, yeah. it's something. Well, it's helpful. And, and it's yeah. so action oriented, you know, um, unlike, you know, a treatment, unlike group therapy, unlike individual therapy, unlike, you know, yes. specialized um, therapy, peer recovery coaching from, from my perspective, the way that we we utilize it um, in our continuum of care is really about action oriented interaction. You know, this is the situation. This is the problem. This is how I'm feeling. Okay, let's mm-hmm. look at possible solutions for that. Love it. And once people yeah. begin to participate in those type of esteemable acts and they're able yep. to accomplish things on their own, all of a sudden their self-esteem grows and their faith yeah. grows in the process. And and if we think of it as, you know, a, a passion over pathology type of mindset that's really action-oriented in um, in the framework, then, then I think that might better help explain um, what the role of a peer recovery coach is in, in our um, setting. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell everybody where they could find you, how they could look up BRC, yeah. um, all the We have a brand new website. Provide? Oh, oh sorry. nice. Yeah. <laughs> we have a brand new yeah. website for the Segway program, and it's www.segueerecovery.com. And one thing I forgot to mention is that now that we have expanded um, our Segway uh, program, which is, you know, includes not only the uh, monitoring and accountability, but also the supportive residences um, here in Austin, it's open to anyone who's been through treatment. Like if they've been to 30 days of treatment in Nebraska, they can come down right. and live in Austin and, and participate in our Segway program. So SegwayRecovery.com is the first website. The second one is www.brcrecovery.com, which is our flagship program. Mm-hmm. And then www.spearheadlodge.com. And that's our young adult program right here in Austin. That's amazing. Marsha, you are you are the biggest champion for everybody in recovery and your facility is the most fantastic. It's the it's one it's the best out there. So everybody that's listening, if you need any more information, please find BRC Recovery at brcrecovery.com, spearheadlodge.com, and we will have up all the information on our site. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to Rewired Radio on Radio MD. I'm Erica Spiegelman. Stay well. <laughs>